people who don't let other people dictate how they create win. What's up, classmates? It's the Dean. Today's podcast episode is a class discussion recorded May 29th on Instagram Live with Eric and Jeff from It's The Real. Eric and Jeff are brothers based in New York City. They've been in the hip-hop scene for over a decade from doing sketch comedy videos to selling their own self-titled show to MTV and releasing their own music with their debut album where they've performed sold-out shows in New York City, London, and LA. We discovered Eric and Jeff by tuning into their chart-topping interview podcast called A Waste of Time. They've interviewed everyone from Common, Mac Miller, Trevor Noah, Tierra Wack, Joe Freshgoods, Camp Kirk, and many, many more. In this discussion, we spoke about the come-up story of Eric and Jeff. Being both students of the hip-hop game, Jeff got his early start by meeting a guy named Kanye West. He became his personal videographer at the beginning stages of his career. He got to document some of Kanye's biggest moments, like his 2005 Grammy Awards. We also spoke about their early comedy sketch videos, some of their legendary interviews, and everything they've accomplished so far on their journey. These guys are the reason why we started Class Discussion. They've inspired us to create and launch our own interview show. I've been listening to them for the last two years now, and it's just it was fun as a fan to interview their interviewers. They've got such a unique approach to their craft. They've always bring out different sides of people's personalities during interviews. They've got such a dynamic charisma and chemistry together. And this discussion was super insightful for us. They shared a lot of tips on how to launch a podcast, but overall there's so much to learn from their creative process and their whole trajectory. We hope that you enjoy it as much as we did, and hopefully you leave with some knowledge or a spark of inspiration. We truly appreciate every single one of you who's been tuning into this podcast. We just launched this over a month ago, so we would love to hear your feedback, any tips or advice. It means a lot to know that some people are out there really listening. So we want to continually improve and bring some guests that you could enjoy and learn from. So send us an email at classmates at notiploma.ca or just send us a DM on our socials at notiploma underscore. Make sure to check out all our recent class discussions available on all streaming platforms. We also got this YouTube channel with behind the scenes footage of our photo shoots and videos. Check our website at notiploma.ca for some merch. We'll be releasing some new threads in the next couple months. Let's get to it, guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Much love. Peace. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Harmonica Solo, a.k.a. Move and Blow. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Player of the Year, a.k.a. Uchiwali Zerbiak. Yo, what's up? It's Ben, a.k.a. The Dean, a.k.a. The Teacher's Teacher. Let's go. Yeah, we're into Man, it's funny when you guys actually said yes, man. Like, I, I got super nervous. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I have to, <laughs> I have to interview yeah. the yeah. interviewers yeah. now, you know? I was yeah. like, the pressure's <laughs> on, man. But go easy on me, man. I know you guys are, are quick. <laughs> So man, just to give you guys a background, I discovered you guys like two years ago. I was researching about Cam Kirk because I really really wanted to get to know a bit about his photography and his journey. And I just kind of typed it up on uh, Spotify and then I found the interview with you guys. And after that first interview, I just got hooked on, like just uh, listening to you guys like at work, before work, after work. And it was a point at work where I was working a lot like, on the computer. And uh, eventually they kind of put me in the warehouse to do more labor stuff. So at the computer, I was able to listen on my headphones, but in the warehouse, I couldn't. So I kind of found a way to sneak my phone on my shoulder <laughs> and like in between the layers of my clothes and kind of put it on speaker. So 
Yeah, Yo, so you're I was an always addict. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like I don't know, man. There's so much knowledge, so much inspiration, and and humor. Just the combination of those three in the interviews, it just helped me up, uplift me and and inspired us to do kind of this discussion right here that Thank we're doing with our community. Yeah, you know, we um we have a lot of people who listen to us, especially now who are doing essential work, who are uh you know sneaking their headphones in, who are you know taking time out of their their work days, their work nights, their busy schedules to uh, to really like rock with us and allow us to take their minds off of things. And I think that's been, you know, a, a big sort of point of inspiration for us to uh, to provide content because we know that it's, you know, going to good places and, and doing uh, whatever we can while we're inside. Amazing. Yeah. And you've been doing that a great job doing that uh, with the quarantine radio, like super Thanks. consistent. I know you guys uh, just had your five-year anniversary as well, so congrats. congrats Thank you very much. Now I was just going to say, we didn't even know it was the five-year anniversary. Like, yes. someone <laughs> told us, and we were like, oh, oh, oh shit, yeah, yeah, we should have, yeah. like, done something. <laughs> right, but, you yeah. know. You guys don't have, like, a date written around? That's like, okay, no. year one. No, we have our 10-year anniversary. We, uh, just wait for, right. <laughs> we just wait for up north trips to post it on, like, Twitter or something. Then we're like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that happened. Sense. So, yeah, as a fan, I want to know kind of, like, your journey and, like, how you guys started. Because I know it goes way back. You guys have been in the game for a while. So I kind of want to just get back to how you guys all started, the origin story. Yeah. Well, uh, we're brothers. Um, yeah. <laughs> some, people don't, some people don't know that. They're just like, how'd you guys meet? It's like, I knew was there. Yeah, yeah, same parents, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, we've, uh, we've always been creative. We had, uh, you know, a really creative upbringing, which allowed us and our other brother, Dan, to do whatever we wanted when it came to you know, writing and dreaming and turning ideas into projects. And, you know, my brothers and I would, would just run around the neighborhood or, uh, you know, create different worlds that we wanted to be in. And I think when it came to music, we always loved hip hop. We, we were raised in a time that was really important in terms of the music and the culture and everything. And, you know, you look to record labels like Rockefeller and Bad Boy and Rough Riders and, and, you know, all the New York influence, especially, um, and you have Hot 97, you know, just down the road, that meant something to us. And so we would listen to Funkmaster Flex, and we would listen to The Morning Show, and we would listen to Angie Martinez, and we would listen to Cypher Sounds on Saturdays, or Green Lantern Overnight, or, you know, uh, K-Slay and, and Who Kid, and all these different DJs, and the wow. music really ran the soundtrack to our lives. And so you have us, especially, who loved the music, loved the culture from afar, but we did what we could to sort of learn what we, what we could through magazines, through the, the, the music that we bought off CDs, you know, the actual liner notes uh, that came in, in the booklets. We just loved it. And then, you know, we're also children of the internet. So you right. have that world of, of downloading. So once you, once you get us on like one artist, it's like, well, shit, like we're just gonna like yeah. find everything that has, you know, Kanye West in it, you know, or, or whoever, <laughs> and you end up with a, a lot of music on your hard drive and a lot of different perspectives from around the country. And anyway, that sort of like shaped who we are. Then you sort of transition into college. I went to Syracuse. I was a film major. I went to Boston University. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, we, uh, we, we both, you know, expanded our minds in, in that time. I graduated college and I wanted to work in film, but I also wanted to work somewhat tangentially to the music world. So like combine my, my loves and, and I figured that there had to be a place for me. And right. so that guy Kanye West comes back and he's like, yo, 
you know, he has a film company out of Chicago and I was just like, I have to, I have to work with those guys. And so and like, by the way, he was like largely unknown at this point. Yeah. He's saying. like, he's the producer, you know, the, the up and coming producer out of Chicago. He's, you know, he's not, you know, the second greatest artist on Rockefeller records. He's, he's Matt, just how like, was he's, that? Like how crazy is that? It's like so when you crazy. look back today, like it's, it's, it's very ridiculous. crazy. It's, it's really crazy. We all take like, interesting roads to find our way to where we are today. But you know, so my journey was just, I needed to meet this guy and I needed to be a part of his company. And and for those who just know Kanye now, it's a, it's a different guy, you know, it's a different <laughs> uh, everything. So uh, our other brother, Dan and I drove down to Asbury Park, New Jersey. Um, we saw Kanye in concert before College Dropout came out. You know, this is the guy we loved yeah. from all of his mixtape tracks, all of his production on, you know, the most random people that you could find from the Midwest. Like we just loved all of his music and, and what he brought to the table and his voice and everything. We were just very passionate about it. And I was like, I want to work with that guy. And so waited outside, um, met Consequence, asked to meet John Monopoly. He said, John Monopoly's not here, but I can introduce you to Don C if you buy two of my mixtapes. And I said, no problem. And so I scrounged up all the cash I had, gave it to him, he signed them. He got Don C and Don C was like, here's John Monopoly's information. And from there, less than a year later, I was uh, Kanye's videographer. I was at the Grammys with him, his first Grammys. Then after that, came back to New York. Um, you know, everybody from Lior Cohen to Mona Scott wanted to meet. I'm working with- uh, Jewels, Missy. Yeah, Jim Jones, different, different bands you never heard of. Anyway, so then after doing that for a few years, you find out what the business is like. You, you have this different perspective of what's going on and Jeff and I came up with this idea where we were like, you know what, we have a perspective. We have our own voice and vision and we have something to add to what's going on. Again, we're outsiders with this insider's look at things. And when we came up with an idea that we thought would be perfect for television, everywhere we pitched it, loved the idea, but didn't know how to make it. So we were like, right. you know what? We'll take it in our own hands and we'll commit to ourselves and treat it like a real TV show and treat it like a business. and that's what we did. We, we, we came up with ideas, we filmed them, and we did that on a weekly basis. So every Monday morning, you were going to get a new video from It's The Real, nine o'clock, regardless. And we did that for three and a half years. Yeah. That's, did you guys always have that chemistry, like as brothers, to like work together? Like since, yeah, since the start? I, mean, I, I don't think that it was always the plan to work together. You know, Eric, right. um, you know, obviously was working with Kanye and I was, yeah. um, when I graduated school, I wanted to work for Rolling Stone. I wanted to be a writer. And it was, it was then that Eric had sort of like decided that he wanted to be more in front of the camera. And I was like, well, this is a really good idea of doing this thing, this, this idea together. Right. But I would like to say also, yes, we always have had this chemistry. Also with our brother, Dan, we spent a lot of road trips going down to see our grandparents in Washington, DC and in Florida in the back of the car. Yeah. We always got along again, creating these worlds when when you know we would go to this day camp um every summer you know we were in a very creative environment where we would make these right. 30 minute films that like i would direct and dan and jeff would star in and you know all of our friends we would create mixtapes in our friends basements right we, we were the purchase street sweeper as an homage to uh, dj k slay yeah and um and so, so i mean like yes we've always had like a, a good working relationship and also right. and also uh, a shorthand and an, and an understood same sense of humor. So like 
when The Office was first on NBC and I was at college, I would call Eric. I'd walk yeah, we would do like head. recaps, you know, like and just break down what, what the episode was like and what the sense of humor was like, what the right. best jokes were and, and all of that. So, yeah, we definitely had that. You know, we worked on projects, but really over the last 13 years, it's evident that it's all the same sort of uh, system as we've done since we were kids. And what about your brother, Dan? Because you mentioned Dan. Is he, was he a part of, uh, of kind of that journey? And still no, is? Like, is he the manager? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, Dan always worked in sports. But yes, okay. Dan was, was a part of different creative things. You know, whether it was like, he, he was a part of our rap group. He was in our videos. Yeah, he, he would always, he would always like, uh, you know, play a part and, and always supports and remains supportive. And so when you, you were at, after the Kanye and all the videos that were, you're doing the behind the scenes and then you working uh, as a writer, what was the next step after that? You guys pitched your idea to have your own show and then you kind of just launched the, the comedy series that you guys did? Yeah. With like, uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah. we, um, we, we went to, you have to understand like 2007, like the internet was a very different place. There right. wasn't Twitter, there wasn't, it, there was Facebook, but there wasn't even like YouTube wasn't like a thing yet. There wasn't TikTok, any of these like yeah. Instagram, none of these apps. So the idea just like the only thing that we could do our own as a proof of concept was these sketches. And so we started uploading them to YouTube and they, they immediately sort of like hit. Well, YouTube and Vimeo, you yeah. know, it was it, again, different worlds. You don't have subscribers, you don't have uh, advertisements. You There were no partnerships. YouTube was not, uh, um, the highest quality video. So we wanted to, you know, make ourselves known. We wanted to be reliable and our, our whole thing, our whole mantra was consistency and quality. So just like any TV show, you know, again, we're watching The Office. We know that like, we can't wait for that Thursday night, you know, to come around. So that if we put something out there, it's not about that wolf, it's about how do you follow that up? And so we made sure by, you know, every tactic imaginable, that we put something new and fresh and on time up on a Monday morning. So someone mentioned the UPS uh, is hiring video. I, I watched it uh, yeah. late, earlier this week. Man, I feel like that thing would kind of hit in today's uh, like day and age as well. Like, yes, yeah, just crazy, man. Like, we think so too. Guys... And yeah. you know, we, have some, we have some bigger ideas that will, uh, I think, continue that in the, in 2020. Yeah, I mean, like we, we took right. a meeting, like I think, last year two years ago and they somebody played it in that meeting and they were dying like it had just come out and it was just like that's crazy like you know 13 years and this video is still hitting yeah and and so so you guys did the sketches and then what was the point when you guys started doing the rap lines and the the perfect interview yeah uh we did is that around the same time no so so we were so committed to you know when you're in something you are just so committed and uh, we wanted to make these sketch videos great and just have them better and better every week. So we did that for three and a half years. And um, we went to Bonnaroo and we performed down there. We performed our music um, from our mixtape that we did with DJ Drama called Urbane Outfitters. And so you guys had the mixtape and the music before? No way. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, yeah so we, we've been working on specifically that mixtape for a very long time. Um, we put in a lot of work relationships. It's also something where it's like, we understood what the optics are and we don't, we didn't want to embarrass ourselves or embarrass the art form. So we, we wanted to make sure that it was a high quality concept and, and execution. Right. So uh, by the time we went down to Bonnaroo, 
that opened up this relationship with, you know, the festival, which was starting its own YouTube channel, and they asked for an idea, and we thought we had a good one, and so Rap Lines was, you know, maybe we'd, we'd also just we uh, worked for MTV by that point. Uh... MTV became was the first thing, and so we were working for MTV as like sort of like we did this series where we were doing like these sort of rapid fire questions and and sort of roasting and also joking <laughs> with like like our favorite artists. It was only after that that Founder approached us and they were like, wait, you guys rap too? And so we, we were able to, to get one of their stages. But yeah, it all started with them. No way. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Just just as a listener of the podcast, I didn't know you guys did all this stuff. I thought you guys just kind of had your podcast. And uh, oh, yeah, I did no, my, re it's, I did it's my research after. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild it's because funny. like some, this, this idea sort of come up like very recently where it's like between Jeff and myself where we're like, you know what? a lot of people really do know us as the guys who like put the shine on a person who sits in between us at our kitchen table. And a lot of people don't know. It's funny. And the, a big reason why this came up recently is because we did the skits for Styles P's new album. People were like, whoa, you guys are really funny. And like, you guys are funny in like, you know, the, the space of like one minute, you can do like short form stuff. And they only know us from being like, you know, from doing the AKAs or, you know, feeding someone to sort of score in a certain position during a conversation or, you know, doing this amazingly fun and everlasting career journey arc in a conversation. But it's like, yeah, no, we, we do a lot of things and we can do a lot of things well. So yeah, you know, we, I'll tell you at the end of the, the sketch run, um, so we did it like 2007 to 2010. 2010. We were, we were exhausted. It was a period where Twitter had come around and really sort of taken some of the energy out of spending a week on producing it, you know, and you feel so proud of this thing that you can do once a week. And then it's just like, oh, someone can just type in 140 times and, and they can get off the same type of joke that you could with a week's time. It was like, well, right. we need to sort of adapt and, and pivot and, and get to another place. And, um, and our dad had died, so we were doing some like bigger thinking in terms of like who we, are, who we were as humans. Anyway, it got to this point where we were like, let's do something different. MTV came calling, they said, do you guys wanna interview artists? We said, no. They said, what if we let you sort of do it your way? Cause we didn't wanna be, we're not journalists. Like take the idea of journalism and put it on whoever has a microphone. And it's just like, well, that's not us. And we're yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna go to like, you know, someone on a red carpet and be like, well, you know, what producer are you working with? Yeah, we didn't want to do like 106 in Park style question reference, but like we, we wanted to, we wanted to ask questions that had no answers. We wanted to just like make people, put people in a, in a we wanted to show different sides of a person's personality. And, and, um, and so like we would go on the red carpet and ask people like Estelle, we'd be like, hey, what are you here to promote? And they would say, you know, oh, I'm, I'm here to promote my new single, whatever it is. And we would be like, oh, I, we, we, we thought we were going to promote like world peace, you know, something, um, something right. different. And so like, you sort of like just, just show different types of people's personalities. I think that's, that's where you guys hit it right there. Just, yes. Like showing different sides of the people, you know, cause you're looking at videos like rap lines and you're seeing the young J Cole and, uh, you know, the, the Nipsey hustle and, and all that. And you're just, you guys are just firing like just funny questions that like they probably get like hundreds of in interviews during the day, you know, just the same, 
questions all the time. And I think you guys just bring out the personality out of people, which is Thank amazing. you. Yeah, it was yeah. super important. I think if you look at anything that we've done over the course of our career, um, we wanted to provide an environment that was different. So it's fun for the artist. So it's fun for the viewer or listener. And so it's fun for us because no one, no one wants to see the same thing or hear the same thing over and over again. Well, especially like on a red carpet where everybody gets asked the same question like a hundred times yeah. when you come to us. And it was just like a lot of yelling, a lot of like, you know, jokes. And, and it was like, you know, a, a, a sort of hurricane of four minutes. And then it's just like, what just happened? <laughs> is there, I, I've heard of the yellow wolf story, but is there other yeah. firebacks that you guys had like in the early days of like, just people kind of not understanding your sense of humor in a way, or was oh, it always like there people, people kind of- <laughs> There are people who didn't understand this like six months ago. Uh, there are <laughs> a lot of cases where, where sometimes things work, sometimes things don't yellow wolf, didn't like us, didn't want to like us, was in a bad mood, whatever it was. We, we, you know, there was an episode of the podcast that never aired where a, a guest almost got into a fist fight with me because we were on different pages. Holy there was, you know, there were, there were times when- Which is weird because it's in your apartment. But yeah. like, yeah. Then the, the person was very apologetic. You guys gotta get bodyguards, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, the person was uh, very apologetic, but leave our apartment. And we were like, all right. But there's also situations where it's like, you know, yeah, guests don't get it or guests take a little to like warm up and maybe we're an acquired taste. But there's also situations where it's like companies don't get you, you know, you're too ahead of the curve or, you know, you you don't exactly mesh with the executives that are there. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, working towards at least Jeff and I understand, you know, <laughs> who we are and what our sense of humor is. And there is an audience out there who appreciates us. And the point is to put in the work, get to a situation where you find that you and the curve connect. That's amazing. And I, I wanna kind of tap into the music a bit because we kind of just slid mm -hmm. away from it. And I know it's a huge part of uh, you guys' career. And like, cause I, I've seen videos with like the Bun B's and I know you guys, you guys have features with like Smoke Dizza. So how did this yeah. kind of universe come together? And the videos are hilarious by the way too, like the, and they're catchy, the music, the cadence, the, the flows, like it really sounds like what the that, music would sound, was, you know? Yeah, that was yeah. that was yeah. always the point. I mean, we were like, we don't wanna do, you know, Lonely Island, I think we, we admired from afar, but we didn't, we wanted to have replay value um, in a way that mm. we felt like a lot of their songs really didn't. Um, we wanted to have, you know, we wanted to basically be like convincing songs that you could hear on the radio but it also, right. like, if you really listen to it, you were just like, oh shit, this is really funny and really smart. Right, okay, okay, okay. And, right. you know, shout out to Bun B, who right now is up in uh, Minneapolis, and he's standing alongside Steven Jackson, and he's, you know, and Trade the Truth, and Maizan, and Jamie Foxx, and all these people. Bun has played a very, very instrumental part of career, whether that's being, you know, one of the first people to be a sketch, whether that's uh, co-signing us for the podcast, whether that's doing a live show with us or whether that's being on a song with us. And every time, and we joke about this all the time because Bun is a great friend. Every time we bring him an idea, he's like, is this that's going to end my career? And, you know, <laughs> I think that with someone like him, it's especially meaningful because number one, we grew up loving his music and admiring him from afar. But number two, you know, he respects us and 
what we bring to the table as well. So when you get someone like him with his type of vision early, yeah, that gives the current open stores and the right. Angie Martinez's and the just it gives them the, the, the go ahead. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, and it also extends even to like all of our podcast guests, too, because when you have this long track record of you work with so many people, then it's like, well, if they didn't fuck up for, you know, the Cardi's and the, the whoever else, Meg Thee Stallion, then it's like, oh, then I guess I can, too. Like, people want to be a part of something that other people have done. So, like, it's, right. It's, Credibility. That first domino. Mm -hmm. Then much easier, and I'm sure, like you know, when when you send out your pitch emails, which you which you did to us, it's like, yeah, like I've had this person, this person. Now from now on, you're gonna be like, yeah, I had it's the real one until you you replace it with someone. Right. But right. For, yeah. <laughs> but for the music, it's like we grew up with a certain blueprint of how things go, and we always wanted to sort of abide by that. You put in your work, you know. You talk about like mm. one of the reasons why we connected with Mac Miller so greatly is because we we played by these certain set of rules, you know. And so we, we, we come up, you know, we're of that era where it's like, you put the mixtapes together, you put them out, you, you know, if you have a DJ drama one, if you have a big mic one, if you have a green lantern, whatever it is, it's like, you do that, right? Then it gets some sort of buzz and maybe you put out a single this way or you have a listening party that way and you do a music video that should sort of impact in certain, and when you do a press run, it's gotta be, you know, in this place and this place. And then things obviously like adapt and, and move and you know then it's like okay then you can do an album and you perform when you come to new york you have to do sobs and you have to certain things like that right you this guest or you do whatever we we modeled our thing in a, in a certain sense like that and that comes from when we were young and doing mixtape greg mayo's basements you know as teenagers as teenagers and so it's like yeah. You, you put that into motion, you work towards something and later, but you get to a place where it's like, you don't have to prove yourself, you are already in it, you know? And I think that, that that's where you want to be. And, and I think a lot of people find out, as we do too, it's like, you never stop working. You always are trying to keep that momentum pushing forward. And you guys probably learned so much from just being around all these rappers, producers, managers, you know? like you're probably able to apply some of these things to your own career, you know? So being in that industry oh, already is huge. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's hundred percent true too. And I'll say this, you know, when we moved in city, we committed to doing our, um, our sketches and, and having our career like hundred percent, we dove into the deep end. And that meant when it came time to operating as a, as a business, we have to establish ships and keep them going. Yes, you're right. Through osmosis, you're like, oh, okay, cool. The marketing department is doing well. We can do something like that. We don't need the big building, and like that's what the publicists are doing. Got it. And that's what the radio team is doing. Okay, that's what the big building could do. And let's adapt that to our own situation. So getting in the New York Times was us. Getting on that stage at SOBs was us. Getting down to Bonnaroo was us. Austin City Limits was us. Going down to Orlando when MTV could not commit to us was us. You know, calling- Also, I mean, like, like getting every single guest podcast was us. You know, I mean, like, I think that right. it's, it's big things, but it's also very small things. Man, that whole trajectory is just, it's just amazing, man. Just to see you guys just go through all of that. And like, even heard you guys doing like SOBs and like selling out shows and stuff like that. Do you guys ever bring like your, your comedic sense to your shows too, like with the music, you have oh, like yeah, oh, yeah. sketches oh, yeah. in between. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. we were even talking about it like, um, I think yesterday, we wanted to do this thing, our first show, 
where we would get it, we wanted to get it sponsored by um, a mattress company. And we would be like, hey, by the way, if you want a mattress, like, and you want to go home with it, like, here, like, we're going to do a mattress giveaway. I forget what the actual joke was, though. I'm sure it was funny. It, it was probably very funny. <laughs> and when, when did the uh, Waste of Time podcast start? Was that, like, after all of that? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, so in uh, 2015, we had long wanted to create a certain TV show um, that was based around our lives and, uh, and the music business. And we sold that TV show in 2015 to MTV. And um, it right. was starring us, it was written by us, and it was executive produced by us and John Legend. And the negotiations wow. took six or eight months or whatever it was. And uh, our representatives at the time suggested that the best way to keep our name out there was to start a podcast. And we were like, no, and no. we've already done a podcast. We've done one in 2010. Yeah, and it was like, you know, super early and it was really hard. Um, right. In 2010. Yeah. And in so, yeah, like we don't, yeah, we were like, we don't want to do that. And um, so now we got convinced and it, it just became like a thing. So, um, I mean, we created this idea for us where, you know, we're good at relationships. You know, we're good at storytelling. You know, we're good at staying home. So we were like, let's <laughs> have people come over to our apartments and do a podcast from our kitchen table. And, you know, you guys were it, cooking too at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. That, that wasn't. <laughs> How was that? That's so random. Uh, not great. Yeah. It, it was dumb because it's like, um, <laughs> it's a purely audio format and it's like, what, who, who cares? Like, why are we, we're not even like centering the conversation around the food. Like, like, yeah, we described it to the company that we sold it to as a dinner party style conversation. They screwed up the press release and said dinner party. And there you go. So we stuck with it because we're dumb because we're dumb. Yeah. But what, <laughs> how what long did you guys stick with it? Was, you know, we figured out maybe 20 or so episodes in that food was not it that uh, the longer, more everlasting conversation was the thing. And it's become obviously something you know us by. It's something we get recognized yeah. for all the time. Um, and it's, it's been a cool way for us to get to know a lot of people and to allow those stories uh, to be known by a lot more people out there. That's what I love about it too, though, because it's not like, just for example, how I discovered you guys was my interest in a photographer, you know? So you guys have a range of, musician, artists, managers, A&Rs, like what I love about it too is like I could click on the names that I know already and then maybe one day I'll just be like, oh, I'm curious. I'll just hit this one out of nowhere. And then I could learn so much about that industry, you know? Oh, man. It's just so, yes. yeah, that's, I love it. I think that's pretty, cool. Yeah, I think that's the biggest compliment because it's like, you know, you don't want to end up just being boxed in by, you know, this one set of like parameters that, that like who cares right like, we should just interview people that we're interested in and so i think that's always been the mo it's like you know the the hip-hop industry is not just the stars of it it's it's also yeah. the people who make the engine run it's also people who just have that hip-hop sensibility within them also if we're not interested then you guys will not be interested <laughs> you know like right. we have to we have to be engaged in that conversation and then that will absolutely feed its way through yeah, one one of my favorite ones is uh, the one with Ib uh, from uh, J Cole's manager. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, crazy man. Like that's I yeah. replayed that like that two was, two three times. That was really great. Yeah. We did we did that one and someone else right after. Who who do we do right after? Wiz. 
Which was, which was yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we so we had a certain amount of time blocked off with Eve at Interscope in Los Angeles. We knew we had to get to the studio for our Wiz interview, like at a certain point. We only had so much time, and you know, driving in Los Angeles is like gonna be forever. If you like, you know, it, there's a whole bunch of scenarios that you don't want to get into. So we knew we had a certain amount of time, and the Eve one was so compelling. And I remember thinking in the middle of it, just like. Like, how can we like end this? Like, because this is so captivating. And I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity right here because we're so in the zone. When you're in the zone, man, it's just like, you know it. And, uh, you know, it, it just worked out. And the Wiz interview came out great too. So it was a, it was a very, uh, you know. Back to back. Yeah. yeah. Pretty important. And, uh, for us. How much, I have, I have some questions about the process of doing your podcast. Like, how much time and research do you guys do for the guests? Zero. Here's the trick. I mean, right. I'll answer for me. Yeah. You know, the secret to it, as far as I see, um, allow the guest to lead. You know, we can ask questions, but, it, but I, I don't think that we, if we're like, here's this tiny thing and that's what we're going to really like, you know, dig through. I think it has to be, if we're going to tell a person's life or help them tell their life, they're going to sort of lead you in the direction and we're just good listeners and we're mm -hmm. inquisitive and we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go that way with you. It's like improv, you know, like let them lead and you'll sort of just move with them. And, um, you know, I think that Jeff has his certain ways. Look for the Rockefeller thing. We didn't want to screw that up. Yeah. So yes, yeah. there's a lot of research. <laughs> but, but I think that like, I think that Eric is, is correct in that he says that he does zero research for the episode, but there is an idea of you're inviting someone over because you're interested in them. And so because you're interested in them, you obviously know a lot about them. And so I think that um, it's a couple of things. It's curiosity, but it's also like a general knowledge of who you have coming over. Yeah. And something that we're both really good at is uh, remembering things from the past that may have something to do with another person. And so because our interests could be like random uh, and because they might not be the same as any other person's line of questioning. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, in talking to someone like um, True Life, you know, True Life, he was in prison and he's talking about how he was at this prison and, and, and he mentioned that it was upstate. And I was like, wait, was that the same one that they had this, this escape from? Like, yeah, Dan Amora. Yeah. So, there was um, Escape from Danamora, and he was just like, yo, nobody's ever connected the dots on, on that, you know, before. And, and so like, we've been able to, to make, like, crazy associations like that. But even, like, in, in, within conversations, it's just, like, on a very micro level. Yeah, and I think you, you can tell right. that we listen because of the way that we do the callbacks at the end of the episodes. You know, it's like you pick something, and, like, Jeff and I can always, like, have some hook to hang it on by the end. Do you, do you guys have like notes or like bullet points at all or, or not even? No, no, nope. Wow. No notes, no bullet points. Which that being said, like, you know, I think that um, certain times I'm like, you have notes in front of me and I wish I did, um, you know, of, of just like sort of flying by the seat of my pants um, to mix some metaphors right now. But like, you know, you, there, there's no perfect way. It's just like what works for you in that moment. When did you guys decide to that's interesting, by the way, because I thought you guys would be, you know, doing so much research, but I guess you guys are just students of the game and know so much of your history and everything that it's just kind of natural and organic. And you, like you said, you carry the conversation 
with them telling their story. And then you're able, I guess with your own sense of humor, you guys are able to feed off each other. Do you guys have any cues to each other sometimes like kicks under the table or like some eyes or like, <laughs> yo, like I don't know, like, no, not um, no, not when we do. Yeah, no, no obvious tells. I think that like right. there is um, we we both we both know when the the next per when when either of us is going to ask the next question. Like you can tell with right, eye movements. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, like it's not like I'm like waving at Eric at the table and then <laughs> yeah. like or like he gives me a high five or something. And it's like okay, like tag him in. Like if, you know, you you, um, you lean in towards the microphone. It's like you can pretty much tell. So. Yeah. And what's the editing process like? Do you guys like take out things from the conversation sometimes or like do any We take of, out like, all the bad parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything that makes us look stupid, we, we leave it on. Yeah, you just no, take it we, out. We want it, we want it to be cohesive, <laughs> but I think that um, we'll only edit things like ums or uhs or verbal tics Likes. that really take away right. from things. Or if someone self-incriminates, that's usually yeah. someone gets taken out. <laughs> And when, when did you guys decide to to uh, take the video aspect of it? Because I remember you guys used to just do the audio. Now you kind of did the whole video and you're putting it on YouTube. So when was that shift? Yeah. yeah. So what happened was that all these people would ask and we would be like, like our Rockefeller video. Like, why, why would we put out, why would we put money into this thing if you're not going to make that same investment with us? Like, you know, the, the, it's a lot of money when you're not bringing in any. And so, um, right. So at a certain point we found that a lot of people wanted to help out, um, you know, either by there were, there were photographers in New York who were just like, I just want to be there and I want to be a part of something. And we opened our door to that and what opened the door to photographer, then it's not a huge step to get some videographers in as well. And so I think that, um, we're able to, bring in people for select episodes. It was like the bigger ones we would, we would video them. I was, um, yeah, it's funny. Cause as a listener, I, I never even knew what you guys kind of looked like. I just kind of saw the, <laughs> the cover photo, you know? So seeing the video aspect was just funny, just even funnier, you know, just there with your guests and everything. So like, have you guys always had some awkward videos or the awkward, um, interviews before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like it happens, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, you know, you have the ones that we don't put out that, that are like super awkward and we choose to not put them out because it's not good listening for our audience and it's not, it doesn't feel right. good to us. So it's like, what's the point? Like, pardon the pun, we don't want to waste your time. Like, yeah. we, we really don't. We don't want to just, like, I know that the internet has like an endless, you know, demand for content, but it's like, if it's not good, then don't put it out. And then, then don't put it out, yeah. In terms of, you know, sometimes, you get a Tierra whack who comes up and wants to make it awkward. And so she was trying to test us and we recognize that because we've been around. And so you play and give it right back to her and then she respects that. And then she gives you a good interview, you know? But like, there can be that time just like, oh, you're really, you're not gonna cooperate with this. It's like, okay, cool. We could play your game too. And then you turn her microphone off and then board. So yeah, yeah. And and what about like interview, like interviews on your top like dream list that you want to do? Because I know you guys did like pretty much almost everyone, but is there someone on the top of the list that you guys are still like that you really want to get? Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, like it's it's surprising you you think you've talked to so many people and 
and we know? have, and we have. <laughs> but it's, it, I would love to sit down with Lil Wayne. He's not somebody I've ever mentioned before of of, of trying. But it's like, wow. I I wish that we could. Like that'd be amazing. But I I think that you know, there's a long, there's a long, long, long list of of people you could name. You know, anybody, Puffy, Jay Z, um, you know, a Buster Rhymes, uh, Fat Joe, um. You know, I, I think we're and always... also, like, behind the scenes people, like, there's, there's just a lot of people. Right. We're always interested in, um, in great conversations. Shout out to Drizno, by the way, speaking of our Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Con congrats on that Patreon thing, too, man. That's, that's a, a great initiative from you guys, too, and kind of brings the community together, and, uh, the, the real ones. Oh, Bun B's in here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bun, we were shouting you out before. I wish yeah. you were here for that part. Yeah. Man, I know you guys. You guys took a break recently too for a week. Like, how yeah. how much yeah. was that needed for you guys? Oh, I know you guys the most, the most. You have, crazy, you have no yeah. idea. Like, we interviewed a year's worth of people in two months every single day, and it was just like this is this is a lot. This it became Jeff was calling it. We, it felt like we were a machine, you know, and there was no time for the simple things like fine. We didn't do laundry. We didn't, you know, we weren't <laughs> able to watch like you know YouTube videos or something like that. But on a certain level, it's just like. I need to be able to sort of like think like a human, you know? And so you get into this, this operation where every morning at 7.30 until every morning at 1.30, you're doing the same thing. It's, you don't allow yourself to be creative. And so the week off was fantastic. And we came up with an amazing, I think, TV show idea, like the first right. day that we didn't do any podcasts on a daily basis. So that was great. Self-care, man. Yeah, that's, that's super yeah. important. And like, what's, what's kind of like the long-term vision for you guys? Um, I think that like, you know, we want to make this TV show happen, but we also want right. to keep doing the podcast. We, I think that we're some, we're, we're people who are driven by um, the idea of always being creatively engaged and, and doing things that are unexpected. And so I think that that's sort of like the, the, uh, the mantra moving forward. Right. That's amazing, man. I, I can't wait to see the, uh, the TV series that you guys are going to do. Yeah, I think that I think that like especially now, especially now when when no one knows what next month is going to look like, it's right. super important to you know reimagine what TV is going to operate like or what film will be like, you know, without theaters or you know what live shows may or may not be um, moving forward. So um, can we see some of the photos on the wall? Shout out to Jeremy Corellis. Um, <laughs> We, you know, we, I, Jeff's right. Like, you know, we're creative people. We like to stay ahead of the curve and keep ourselves entertained. So I right. think like, if you look at our career and it's 13 years in and people are like, oh, you did this for three years, you did this for three years, you did this for a year, you, did, you know, that's done with purpose. It's never, it's never like we've stayed too long, you know? Yeah. Right. And um, I guess, man, like there's, there's a Q and A that, I, that we kind of do at the end. So if you guys yeah. are down, we can answer some questions from the, the people that are in here. I know we've been getting some comments. So I don't want to miss uh, anything. Uh, Absolutely. Like as, as much time as you need. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Appreciate it. So someone asked, is it difficult sometimes to work with family? Um, probably no harder than, I mean, like, I think the thing is that we are two guys who, I think, okay, here's the thing. I think it's actually easier to work with family um, because I think that there's an understanding that any argument or conversation is not that deep and that, and so like, I think that there's like an underlying like love there. Right. So, so I, and this kid who, who wanted to be, um, Eric's mentee 
um, a million years ago, and it was a very one-sided relationship. Um, it's a weird story. Yeah, this kid really, really wanted to <laughs> be like Eric's story. friend or something, and so he um, he was like, "Here's the thing about working with family." They'll never stab you in the back. And I guess that's sort of true. Yeah, right. That's, that's, right. Yeah. that's a bar right there. Yeah. 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 Something. It, was, it was so weird. The real story is so strange. We got one, one question that came from Chuck the Adventure. He said, what creative aspects are common between the successful artists that you guys have interviewed? Um, well, I think that um, for the very most part, people who don't let other people dictate how they create win. Mm. So um, whether that's, you know, an artist who goes and signs to a record label and has their vision, or whether it's an executive who uh, doesn't just follow the blueprint that, you know, maybe her boss would have had, or, or if it's um, a comedian who has traveled, you know, their own path, or whether it's a writer who's done their own thing or whether it's us you know you're gonna you're gonna get to a point where people will try to move you in their direction and i think i think the winners are all people who have their distinct voice and their distinct vision and they commit to that and keep going yeah i think you never win by playing it safe there you go man i'm talking about gonna... bars yeah i know yeah, yeah there go. Go on. i'm gonna have to write notes man this is yeah a lot of bars <laughs> a lot of bars here uh, get tattooed who who has better AKAs? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. We did an AKA battle yeah. um, no. <laughs> on, uh, for our Patreon, and uh, it was either a tie or Eric beat me by one. Which really, yeah. you know, either way, or if Jeff won, whatever, that it was so close, Jeff said, was the real win. Because yeah, it would have been embarrassing. It would have been horrible if it's like, hey, by the way, Eric's were all fire and yours were <laughs> trash. I think too, we found that, you know, there's, there's different styles, you know, we were going over them the other day because Jeff was working on a certain project and, and uh, you find that Jeff's have a certain rhythm to them and a, and a certain like type of thought and they're very Jeff and mine have a different rhythm and a different way of, of getting to them, but they're both very funny. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad, like Jeff said, that there's not one person way over another right and when did you guys come up with the aka like intro uh, when was that so that a thing? it was it was first in a sketch um back in 2009 or eight something and so um it was an idea that was sort of based off of young Berg had gotten his chain stolen a bunch of times um and his brother went on camera on like myspace and put out a video where he threatened the people who stole the chain but also put his own name out there and his own image. And we were like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, why would you make a threatening statement and then like rat on yourself? But he also had like a dozen AK or- Yeah, he was just like, yo, what up? It's, let's say his name is Mike. He's like, it's Mike, AKA this, AKA that. And we were like, what? And we're like, all right, well, we need to make a video <laughs> about Jeff getting his chain stolen in Central Park and it was on like, the Upper West Side. I was like, why would you steal my chain? It has my name on it. Yeah, like, you not know, idiot. Yeah, right. and you know, return it. And so it was just like, and when you return it, make sure you look for Eric, AKA this, AKA that, and Jeff, and right. you can find us at www. You know, yeah. and, and we thought that that was where it would end, but then- um, It just became a exactly, thing. This guy I worked with at, at HBO, he started working for MTV and he's the guy who brought us into MTV and he mm -hmm. said, yo, you guys should bring back. Well, he was like, he was like, 
what do you think if you have a little more energy at the beginning of these videos by doing the AKAs and we're like, that's dumb. There you go. <laughs> we were like, that's stupid. Do not do that. And he was like, just give it a try. And, and so we did. And it worked. And he was yeah. right. So shout out to him. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, yes. Yeah, someone asked, what are some of the pros and cons of versatility and art? Um, I think that the, the pros are that longevity, you know, you never, you're never really boxed in. Right. The con is that no one can really pinpoint your style then. Um, if you if you're doing it to to the maximum degree of, of versatility, yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think also to be versatile has been helpful to us in the sense that people don't get bored of you, and you don't like burn people out on one thing because like there is a world in which we could be just those guys, but you don't. I I don't want to be that. I don't think Jeff wants to be that. And like for our brand, it's like well I. We, we learned from Seinfeld, I think, where it's like better to get out too early and keep them wanting more than stick around too long. So. Right. Yeah, and I think you guys done such a good job at doing that too. And like, it's kind of world building, right? Like what makes sense with what you guys want to do and kind of, you know, make yeah. it happen in that sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I think too, it's like when you define what your voice is, it doesn't matter how you sell it or what you use to amplify it it's your voice. So we right. always figured, you know, whatever we put our name on, once you get going, like people should respect that. And I think that's what we've earned. We've earned respect. And you see what the track work, what the, what the um, track record is. So if people do Google and you find this a lot, like people are just like, wait, you guys did this or you guys did this too? I had no idea. Yeah. And, or I remember you from this thing a dozen years ago what have you guys been up to? And it's like, you know, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you guys too, man, taking the time and giving us oh, a tour pleasure. too of the apartment, man. For, yeah. Thank Some you for conducting a, a fun interview. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know cool. what you think of our lives, but we have nothing going on. We're in quarantine. It's a tired yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How How's that been for you guys too, like quarantine in general? Like I feel it's like okay. you guys have been in quarantine for like yeah. past five I, years. You know, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, it feels like forever. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think um, we are people who have been well adapted to, hi Abigail, we have been uh, um, working out of our home forever. So like, that's not the, the craziest thing. And also, you know, um, there are times when you go crazy because of the outside forces, as opposed right. to the things that are happening here. And so I think that that's sort of um, the only thing that's, that's gotten us like a little like nuts is like the fact that there is no response and that you have been sitting inside for two months with no, nothing to show for it. Right. And uh, we got a question from Omri. He said, what's your advice for freelance creatives that want to reach the big artists? I think that the, the easiest thing to do is, you know, email, you know, send your shot, <laughs> you know, like a DM. Like I, and I mean that honestly, there, yeah. are, there are tons of people who want to work and there are tons of people who, who want to work with other people. And so I think, um, I think that it's a very easy thing to reach out to people and the worst they can do is say no. Yeah, right. a, a, a thousand percent. Uh, it is super helpful to have a good subject line and to have a good message behind it. Oh yeah, don't write anything dumb. Yeah, like, like if you're talking about, yeah, don't, don't, be the, <laughs> don't be the guy who says, I like your website and or blog. And it's like, we yeah. don't have, 
that on our website and or blog. Yeah, right. but if you're going to reach out, have a real message behind it, know how to write an, an email, like no one wants to deal with idiots. And so like, as long as you come across as um, smart and capable, then I think you'll get a response. Yeah, and, and I think especially in a time like this, everyone's home, you know what I mean? Yes. Like we, we got to kickstart this interview series because we knew everyone was gonna be home. So we just yeah. shot our shot. People are going to read those emails and, and DMs, you know, like what else are they kind of doing, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. And then I'll say this too. Then once you get one, then like we were yeah. saying before, once you get that one, then you, you know, you, the dominoes you, all fall. You, well, right. sort of, you, you use that to get the second. And when you get the second, you use that to get the third. But then you can start selling it as here are the three you're like, here are the last three people. It's all how you word it. Like, here are the right. last, we have only had three people, but it's like the most recent three people that we've had on the podcast are this person, this person, this person. Then when you get a fourth, you can be like, I've had this person, this person, this person, and others, you know? And then right. you use that to convey, and then once you get, you know, Wiz Khalifa, and once you get uh, Dennis Graham, and once you get Eve Hamad, and whoever, Dan Rosenthal, you don't need our mom to have Shout out, those man. first guests in there, you know, as, as your selling point, it's like you can use the bigger ones. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, when it comes to the creative process, how do you guys stay mentally active, especially during a time like, th like this? Um, I think drugs help. I think that... Right. Um, That's huge. Yeah, no, I think, um, how do you stay mentally active? I think it's just like, you just try a bunch of like different ideas, you know, like I, I've been making t shirt ideas for the past three days. And that's like been nice. You know, I, I've been most excited to do that more than anything else recently. You know, I think it's, it's just like, you just need to, if you, if you think of something, think of the best media for it. And it doesn't have to be the easiest thing, you know? I stay mentally active by um, allowing myself to, you know, be inspired in, in different ways. Sometimes it's nostalgia. Sometimes it could be a, uh, you know, a random YouTube video that you watch. Sometimes, honestly, and I swear to God, sometimes you can be inspired by like the taste of your food and it just sends you in a different direction. And then when you get one idea, it, it expands and expands and expands. And Jeff and I will, you know, we, I think we both find joy in taking walks and sometimes ideas will just come out of the conversations that we'll have then too. So I was kidding about the drugs thing, but then yeah. when Eric said, getting inspired by the taste of your food makes me think, <laughs> what, what drugs are you on, Eric? That, that was, uh, yeah, that was questionable, man. I, uh, yeah, I got to taste some better food, I guess. I'm, I'm, to get guys, I, I make, I, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, have you ever thought about creating a featured film? Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that's it. We're not gonna, that's it. We're not gonna share all of our ideas. No, here. it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that again, <laughs> we have a very, uh, specific voice when we sold our show to, Mushrooms. um, when we sold our show to MTV, they threatened us with the fact that they could make the TV show starring, like our TV show starring other people in our roles. And it's like, well, you're never ever going to get exactly what you get from us by doing that. So we don't have any fear in that. You could take whatever we create and put it in, you know, you see it, music form, podcast form, live show form, TV form, film form, book form, mug form, t-shirt form, 
and it's all legitimate and it's all the same sense of humor. So you're always going to get that same thing from us just fed in, in different ways. And no one can do what we do. And I think we take great comfort in that. But I think it's the same yes. for anybody. Bless that. Um, someone mentioned uh, you guys' uh, shoe collection. I saw a lot yeah. of boxes earlier. You guys are big uh, shoe, co shoe collectors, sneakers? Um, so I will say this. We did not grow up as like sneakerheads. We weren't like, oh, we need all the sneakers. Shots right. of Mark And I think that it was being in this industry and being visible um, made us value shoes in a different way. And I also think that, you know, at a certain point, people started sending us shoes and getting things in the mail for free is a much more attractive <laughs> thing than, than, um, than going out and getting them yourself. And so, or, or than losing out on a, uh, on a Nike app situation. Yeah. Know? So like, right. um, there are certain shoes that I like and I wear all the time, which are Agassiz. And I, I pretty much exclusively wear Agassiz, but I do have a, a decent shoe collection. Sponsor shout out. That's yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Nike. Shout out to Nike. Yeah, big shout out to Nike. Keep them coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in the meantime, I'd like to say, yeah. I think that um, uh, shout out to you for having created a platform, especially now because it's not easy. I think it's easy and it's not easy, right? And I think to, to, because we've spoken to people who have wanted to create and can't in this scenario, and people who have uh, created and keep creating in this scenario, and some people who are just like, I, I don't want to do either, I just want to escape. And for those of us who are able to create in these environments and during these times, I think it's a blessing and and also something to be admired. So uh, mm. you know, to to have quality and consistency when you don't necessarily need to is something that uh, should be admired and and you deserve great credit for that. So shout out to you for this. Yeah. Also, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in uh, Montreal in my apartment. Yeah, right. We well, got... I mean, like I, I was looking. I, I wanted to know like what room we were in. This is my living room. So we kind of. I don't know if you guys had the chance to watch our Converse video that we did, but uh, did. basically before quarantine, uh, we're, we're a clothing brand, right? Yeah. It's called Notifoma. And yep. um, when we came back from Toronto and quarantine hit, and we're like, fuck, what do we do? Because we're supposed to go to Atlanta and kind of bring the brand to the States for the first time. We had yeah. a, a pop-up uh, scheduled in New York. And so we had all these things lined up and obviously things got canceled. So we're at home and we're like, what do we do? And back to the inspiration from you guys, we, we were like, man, what if we just start having discussions with other artists, entrepreneurs, uh, photographers that inspire us and, and have those conversations, you know? And yeah. that way that could bring knowledge and, and uh, inspiration to, to our own audience. And so that's what we did. And we kind of turned, we turned our living room into like a classroom. So that was the idea. Uh, so yeah, get this Super stuff. Dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of the, that, the idea behind the class discussion and where we we would bring different guests from from everywhere and just you know we we started off by little like small guests and it's funny because before this we didn't have a face to the brand you know like it was very just a clothing brand we're kind of behind it so this was the first time like quarantine challenged us to get in front of the camera and 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 have a face and have a voice behind the brand you know yeah. so i think I just, a lot of it changed yeah sorry, i just want to shout out your roommate um 1994 yeah, for RT, because I um I don't know where he or she is sitting right now, but but right. shouts to them. 
Yeah, so 90, 1994 was um, crashing on my couch. Uh, his name is Aldo, by the way. It's crashing on my couch uh, for a month because uh, he had just finished his lease and then he needed a place to stay. So I'm like, hey, stay here. And then the quarantine happened. So he couldn't go back home yeah. uh, because we just went on the trip. So it kind of all happened for a reason, right? And we started off together and and then just thought of this idea. And, and yeah, here we are. And Okay, yeah. is he a good roommate? He was, he's not here anymore. Oh. He's uh, now living with us. But yes, he was a good uh, two month roommate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, we studied you guys before doing our big class discussions. Oh man, our pleasure, yeah. thank you guys. Like, I think it's just the, like, we're taking it so serious at the beginning. We're like, oh, we've never done interviews. We're not interviewers, you know, right, we're yeah, not, yeah. this is not a profession. Damn. So watching you guys and kind of having the approach of making it so organic and natural, just kind of made us like, you know, want to do it because we're like, man, we could do it too. Like, just have a conversation, right? And like, yeah, tell the yeah. stories. Yeah. Yo, that, I think there's so much pressure that people put on themselves where it's just like, I have to get the perfect guest and I have to ask the perfect question. Well, also, I have to, like, what microphone do you use? What, um, and it's just like, just, right. just make the thing without thinking of like all the, all the steps that are in the way, you know? Right. Just like get to oh, the actual right. thing. Yo, the, <laughs> You, we talked to <laughs> so many facts. people. We talked to so many people who were like, you, you know, um, uh, how do I get started? And it's like, well, the best thing to do is just to do it. Because if you 100%. don't, and then you don't follow it up, then you're going to fall into like the pond with the same 90% of the people who always talk about all this shit. Um, shout out to Gil. Shout out but, to Gil. But I, you know, I, there's, there's the most annoying question that I always see under like photographers Instagram is what filter do you use? And it's like, or like what, um, what, yeah, aperture, yeah. whatever, whatever, like, yeah, yeah. like, what, what do you use? And it's just like, do your own shit, you know, right. figure it out on your own. Like, we, we started out the podcast. Well, I'll, I'll say this, we started out the sketches with um, one camera, like a Canon XL2 with no, like help other than our friends, no outside money. This was just all we could do. So we did everything ourselves. When we did, you know, the music, same thing, just working at Greg's and like making that happen. When it was working, uh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, you had $30 microphones, you had a, right. a mixer that didn't even separate tracks. You make things work and you still get quality content out of it. So all of that together, you know, really makes you who you are. And it's like, if you can do that with $30 microphones, if you can do that with one Canon XL2 camera, then of course you should be able to do that with right. like, with sure, you know, uh, SM7B microphones and with like an amazing, you know, audio interface that allows you to separate tracks. It's like, do the dirty work with the dirty, you know, uh, yeah, product. Don't be afraid to grind. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's like you, like you said, experimenting, doing, like even like when we did this, um, like it's just by, like our whole brand is just based off just learning every day and just fucking up and just doing. And yeah. it just comes back to the irony, it's no diploma, but we're just teaching things as we go. We're learning things as we go. I love that, yeah, and, I love that. Uh, and uh, basically like we did the lives and then we realized you could download the lives. So we would download the lives and now we're like, oh, we could maybe take the audio of the live and turn it into a podcast. Yeah. So then we would take the audio, put it on uh, GarageBand, you know, yep, and yep. then start our own podcast, you know? So it's just kind of like, you learn all these different things. As and I think what's cool is that like, you know, whatever, six months from now, eight months from now, a year from now, 
you'll be in a totally different space because of the chances that you took for this, which will benefit mm. the clothing, which will benefit, you know, your brand name, which will benefit everything you do moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Appreciate the feedback guys. Um, any advice or tips for, for people like us just kind of getting into the podcast world or just doing these conversations? Yes. Uh, you have yeah. a filter for them to use? Yeah. I was, I was say, this filter uh, right now is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that there's this pressure that people put on themselves, especially in podcasting, which is not a medium that immediately will get money. And people will say, how do I make money doing a podcast? And I don't think that that's a constructive or productive sort of thought to have. I think that if it's good enough, it'll find an audience. And if it finds an audience, then it'll make money. But I think that what you have to do is you need to find your voice and you need to do it enough that people can find it. Also, mm-hmm. define your idea of success. Yeah. Because, right. and you know, if this is something that we've preached for years and, and, and live by, but now more than ever, it's super important because if your idea of success is making a certain amount of money and then tomorrow money doesn't exist, then what, right? But at the end of the day, for Jeff and myself, there is value in the relationships that we have cultivated, the relationships that we've kept, and the respect that we've earned from those people. Bun B loves us, and we love Bun B, but it's not for nothing. This is like, well, you it's, know, not, it's also not a transactional relationship. Right. It is because you know we respect each other's work and we respect, respect each other as human beings. Um, that matters more than a paycheck that we're gonna get from some other person, um, you know, or company or whatever. And for you to be able to go and look back at our first YouTube video, Deconstructing Biggie, and be like, yo, that's still funny right now, that means something to us. Or that someone can hit us and be like, I listened to your 250th episode with your mom and I have such respect for the life that she's lived and all the, the ups and downs that she's gone through that gave me joy and brought you know something to my life well that's meaningful to us we didn't get paid for it we didn't make a fortune off of that but it has provided something that can live on and i think that's you know success to us yeah i think that if you make decisions based off of the idea of money coming in like if you if you make business decisions based solely off of will this make money um then you probably are are not going to put out a good product yeah coming back to just success you know defining success for yourself what the purpose is because then you look at the longevity of things right what was your favorite skit from the early youtube days what favorite skit uh the cameron one maybe might be my favorite um where we we gave cameron a talk show or actually i'm sorry the the slaughterhouse one might be my favorite that's, um, that's a really good one where we turn slaughterhouse into a boy band um <laughs> i i like ones yeah, like I, the animations were really good. Yeah, I like. There's so many of them. I liked one. Uh, D, DMX was on the run from the feds, and Scott Storch <laughs> was uh, had a mansion in Florida, and um, with all this like you know cocaine and like women and yachts, and um, and DMX showed up there, was found there by the cops, and so we Crazy. saw that headline, and we created a TV show called My Dog Earl, and it was about this like 
you know, odd couple of Scott Storch and um, DMX living together. And we photoshopped and we created this, this funny world that really like was, it was fun to create. We did it with Greg Mayo, who does all of our music. Um, it was just, it was wild. We did other sketches that, you know, have gotten a million views. And then we've done ones that like are really funny that have only gotten 2000 views or yeah, whatever. But yeah. so like, you know, I think that, um, there were there was the one where we we did the seating chart for jay-z and beyonce's wedding and like all the rappers who could sit together and all the rappers who could not sit together and you know like um there's there's so many there's, there's so many there's so many videos yeah. it's like picking out a favorite anything you know podcast yeah yeah, yeah yeah um we didn't tap into that but the two jews and two black dudes uh podcast yes. i haven't had the chance to dive into that but uh yeah, yeah. So like, shout out to The Locks, by the way, another, yeah. it's crazy. We're friends with Bun B, we're friends with The Locks, we're friends with so many of these, these musical heroes that we had growing up. Two Jews and Two Black Dudes is such a unique experience and such a crazy experience um, to actually like, uh, you know, really like- Lloyd Banks, yeah. Take in. Yeah. Uh, that, and so, and so doing, doing that with them, we were really getting rolling. We were videoing the episodes, we were, you know, getting them to watch some pretty like crazy movies like Parasite. Um, and you get amazing reactions from everyone in the room. And we created this, this whole um, like world where like they would invite people in, whereas like, uh, yeah, um, not Nicolas Cage, no, it was oh, Ridiculous, Ridiculous Cage. Cage. And then you would, in, and we were ready to invite other people in. We had this, this, I, we had a whole, you know, idea that this would sort of, uh, just be a fun little world. Like Howard Stern has his world. We would have our two Jews and two black dudes. And it's, it's also nice because that came out around at a, at a good time for us, because again, if you're just doing a waste of time with the real, if you're just giving this whole, um, you know, one person's story once a week, doing this over and over and over again, forever gets boring. But if right. you mix that in with a two Jews and two black dudes, or you mix that in with something else we're doing or something else we're doing, then it's like, it's fun and it makes a waste of time more fun too. So, um, but then, you know, honestly, we had the guys over maybe the week before everything shut down and we were like giving each other like elbow daps and like, you know, <laughs> being mindful of each other's space. And then it was just right. like, oh, the whole world is just, you know, coming to a stop. So we haven't been able to, uh, Two things. We haven't been able to properly figure out technologically how to uh, all experience something together just to this point just yet, but we're working on it. And the second thing is that even in the meantime, you know, we're still texting with them. We're still on the phone with them and we got on Styles P's album and it's crazy. So is that, is that out yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go, go gotta, check it out check right now. Out. We are track yeah. one and we are track 11. Amazing. I'm checking that out. For sure. And uh, what about like, what's a day in the life look like for you guys? Now? <laughs> this. We go for long walks. We mm. um, make sure to get out every day. Um, we try to, you know, socially distance, hang with our, with our friends who might live, you know, 20 blocks away. Um, and, um, you know, we also are able to, like I said, I'm working on t-shirts. I'm working on, um, we're working on the TV show idea. We're working on just like a bunch of different things. But right. I think that you're able to devote actual time to things as opposed to just being fucking exhausted. I think that the biggest thing that I try to uh, make sure that I've achieved every day is to produce something or make progress with something creative. You know, as long as you end the day 
you know, uh, further down the road than you started it, you're in better shape. Baby steps. Got one more. I'll end it yeah. off with this, guys. Yeah. What does Notoploma mean to you guys? Cheers to you all. Much love. Well, 94. <laughs> yeah, shout out to 94. Clearly asking no diploma, like, as in like this show or the brand because it's capitalized. So this is um, one of those things where it was like, you know, uh, every every word was capitalized. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does no diploma mean? Um, or you think just in general, you know, what? I'll say this. I went to school to be a film major. Um, I learned a lot about making films, but it didn't necessarily put me into any of the rooms automatically just because I had a piece of paper with my name on it. Um, what it was was like going to college meant something because of social opportunities and it got me out of my parents' house and it put me somewhere where I was allowed to become a grown up and or an adult. And um, but I learned a lot being on a feature film set. I learned a lot being on music video sets. I learned a lot by uh, moving to New York City and diving in the deep end of this business that I always loved and admired from afar. I learned a lot by being around people and I learned a lot by trying different things and succeeding and failing. And um, you don't need a diploma for any of that. You certainly don't need to pay a lot of money for any of that. But I think that it's pretty clear that Jeff and I can teach a master class on a whole bunch of things that we don't have a degree in. I think that when you ask me like what no diploma means for me, I, I honestly just think about your brand. And I'm just like, well, right. What, what I like about you is that you're a self-starter, self-sufficient. And I like that you are thoughtful and, um, really like interested in, in what you're doing. And so I think mm. that's like the thing that I, that, that sort of like gives me hope and, and inspires me. Like, I, I think that yeah. as much as like you look up to us, I think that in the same way, like we look up to guys like you and you specifically, you know, for, for doing the shit that you do. Mm. And so like that, that's what, that's what no diploma means to me. Thank you guys. I just want to say, appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. It's oh, uh, yeah. Well, for asking yeah thank you to you yeah. guys and shout out to everybody uh up north yeah right on well thank you for everything and and uh you know stay safe and uh and take care yeah from you too. bonsoir Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. I mean, we're just here stuck at home on our couches recording these class discussions with artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs with the purpose to inspire you guys. So subscribe, share, and, you know, send this to one of your favorite classmates. Stay home, guys. Stay safe. And stay tuned for some more class discussions with the Dean. 94. Much love. Peace.
Pushing Rari's like it's Ferris Bueller's day yo. Too much sauce, we're cooking up with mayo. My spirit animal is Quavo. Get girls spread like Lando Lego. She goes out like Crayo, bend her body like Mako. She's bumping chance to rap around like Fredo. Give her that ultra light beam, Dark Fredo. Girl, God, I don't need no spray though. I got a team full of shooters, Valparaiso. Not for play, but you can get these hands like Play Doh. Not necessarily by me, but I don't make no. It's alchemy the way I make the pesos. Money long, I don't stack it 'cause I lay low. Rolling deep like Dan Patrick in Fuego. We got the fire content. Earthquake, go. Earthquake go. Insurance for the way I flood the sake. 